Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcher. We're busy doing this again. Yeah, yeah, I'm still getting the hang of the, the big staring anyway. red eye thing there. Yeah. You can see it. Don't tell red eye. It's like working with a Cylon. It is. Judging. Our producer is a Cylon. Just a sort of solid burning red light of yeah. judgment with no compassion or, or feeling. or uh, Robot overlord, isn't it? Yeah. Machine uprising. Just talk about games. I guess we have to, really. All right, yeah. It's what they expect. <laughs> I'm going to start with Guild Wars 2. Um, yes, we're still going in there, and I, I'm still not quite sure why. No, I it, don't know why either. It continues to be a if, real, if you're at home, know why? Please write in. It continues to be a roller coaster of difficulty and 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 satisfaction. I mean, there are some we get some good days and some bad days, and I think it's it's. Um, it's almost directly to do with how recent the content is. The newer the content, the more, well, frankly, bullshit it really is. Uh, and I am actually using that word an awful lot on our Mumble Nights. Uh, it's become a sort of mini-game we have. It's how long it takes for Tim to declare a particular game feature, yeah. content, or episode bullshit. And, um, yes, it's getting... soon. four seconds. <laughs> I think there was one that was about four minutes once, <laughs> one, one particular Friday. We're doing that on the Fridays in Static Group there. There's, there's uh, nearly a full group of us each week now. Wow. Yeah, four, four or five of us start with um i don't know probably about that many to be honest it's been a sort of limited appeal thing we've um yeah it's a sort of love-hate relationship we've had with that game for quite a long time we happen to be playing at the moment i think largely to do with heart of thorns which itself isn't very new that's like an expansion that's about a year old or so the heart of thorns stuff is just much more difficult than than normal base game launch content guild wars 2 that's to be expected uh, i don't know because it's not really a game about gear creep significantly i mean there's always been a meta about about um about cookie cutter builds and stuff berserker stats and so on you know we're going to put all this complicated content in there that requires you to think about things and come up with strategies and and you know work to try alternative stats to, to berserker stats and everyone goes no we're just going to berserk much harder <laughs> you know it, yes we, we could think our way around your intricate puzzle mechanics or we could just dps much harder than we were doing before and that seems to be the way to beat uh it's a sort of vicious cycle that the game seems to be locked in yeah. really it has all the hallmarks of sort of game content progression designed by the the loud few who are still playing the game obviously you know the people who've gotten bored of your game and gone away you don't need to cater to them they've gotten bored and gone they away coming back well they might as come much back. as you want to think they're all going to come back you'll only ever get tourists back well don't forget this is also not a game with a subscription it's a cash shop gem currency thing uh, but the, the large blocks of content tend to come in one one shot expansions that you sort of pay one off for for heart of thorns or you just turn up for and get given for free with the living world story stuff so you don't really have that same design impetus that guided old-fashioned mmos you know the, the monthly sub you know ten dollars a month and you've got to keep people wanting to play month after month and 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 so i don't know people can approach guild wars 2 with a much more flexible attitude you can play it for a couple of months then go away and do loads of other stuff and you're not really missing much and then you come back perhaps you're missing access to living world stories but but anyway so what you tend to have i mean this confessor's end i think probably last time i talked about guild wars 2 i was raging about the uh, the living story three head of the snake current thing with the end boss battle that happens in a spinning room that's like 10 feet it is literally magic roundabout carousel boss would um, this be one of the things that i would absolutely hate oh almost certainly yeah i hate it and i'm i'm i, I do put up with a lot you of do, crap you from do it, have <laughs> a lot a lot of uh, tolerance for this yes moment. yes so when i when i'm when i've had enough of it you know something's 
quite quite gone wrong there. Anyway, I did finish that in the end. I I sort of read, I, I, basically I learned to play. I you know I, I read the strategies. I watched a few, a few walkthroughs and stuff, and you know eventually had to go myself and managed to just about execute the solution that someone someone else on the internet had painstakingly come. Well, it's more of a groupthink exercise really, yeah. and so I managed to correctly do the correct thing to correctly to, to to be correct and win. Yeah, and yeah, so so happy. Yeah, well, you no. must feel so fulfilled that you managed <laughs> past this uh, trial and get. You've never played never mode before. Have you? Um, <laughs> I really don't get that. No, I, it was just relief. It's like, oh, thank God, I don't have to do that again. That's over and done with. And and I don't know why I put myself through it. To be honest, it's it's it is odd. I know. Go on then. Addiction. It is. It, well, it, no, it's, I, I think it's more masochism, really. Okay. I think on some fundamental level, I do Stop I do hate myself it. and want to punish myself. And the game also help, hates me and wants to punish me. So that's why we get on so well. That's why well, I like it so fine. much. Uh, healthy. Yeah. Do you, um, do you have a safe word with this game? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's really bad. It's not sane or consensual. Um, yes, we got through. I got through the end of that. And a couple of, I don't know if any of the rest of the gang, a few people have tried it. And I was listening to them on Mumble. Uh, you could tell when they got to that beat. I was just listening. So quietly. was it all solo, that bit? Um, I guess you can do it as a group, but I, I, I treasure my friends too much to, um, to to put them through that. So so I think each of us struggles alone against it or just doesn't bother and declares it bullshit. Anyway, um, we've decided that what we do actually quite like is fractals. So this this is this is um, original base Guild Wars 1 content. Well, that, fractals came a little bit after the original base game launched. Guild Wars 2. Uh, Guild Wars 2, yes, yes. Um, and then also the explore mode and story mode dungeons from again the base content stuff okay. so we've sort of almost as a, as, a, as a whole kind of given up and rejected heart of thorns as, as being i don't know too difficult for us or a load of bullshit depending on perspective obviously you know feel free to put lots of comments about uh, how i need to get good yeah. um, but it's just a lot of hassle we, we you know we're all working people we all have busy lives we come in on a friday evening for a bit of a social you know we're, we're all get, all drinking away is it solitary drinking if you've got friends on mumble i've never been able to actually uh, determine that if it's Worst than <laughs> the acceptable face of alcoholism. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so we, we have a, we have a pleasant social evening on a Friday night with some moderately challenging gameplay we will like, but not nothing so complicated that we can't chat and can't relax yeah. and can't enjoy ourselves. So we've not touched raids. I don't even let you in the raids unless you've got ten people. I think. Have but, you? Guild Wars two raids. I mean, yeah. have you not sort of had this? nagging feeling that maybe there's something better you could be doing with these people all the time yeah okay. I, well we tabletop simulator worked well for a bit i mean we we came sort of ended up back on guild wars 2 mainly as a sort of default because a couple of us had it installed at the time so i imagine there'll be something else further down the line as well but if anyone uh, has any suggestions <laughs> we have this conversation a lot what do we play next but i i don't know i'm sort of enjoying not being made to do the cutting edge guild wars 2 content and instead just filling in the blanks from the mid stuff and the early stuff from the launch content as well so we're doing we're doing various uh, various of the original Destiny's Edge B story dungeon stuff. There's this team of of super super team of uh, various race and class archetypes who all have supposed personalities. Um, uh, yes, Ritlock, Logan, Zojer, Air, and the other one, Kaith, something like that. Anyway, one of each race who are cared this... enough to remember their names. Well, yes, because we hate them so much. Ah. These dungeon stories are sort of a bit of the usual group based content run, running through a dungeon instance, which is you know what we're what we're there, what we were looking for. 
and every so often it's punctuated with with yammering cutscenes where they're like one on each side of the screen you know just sort of yammering at each other and basically this destiny's edge of this held up as this archetypal super team of heroes in the in the in-game lore and backstory and yet every time we come across them they're basically having massive interpersonal soap opera-esque dramas and recrimination with each other because one of them abandoned them in an hour of their need back in the start of it all and and now they won't yeah. shut up about any of it so what you do it's is like most mmo groups well there's eight of these story dungeons in the base content and each one of them is essentially a little story where a different permutation of two of the members of this team of five go in there and then bitch at each other constantly throughout the cutscenes while we do all the hard work do you remember lord of the rings online i vaguely remember the yeah. hell that was some of those lord of the rings online it's missions. very similar to that in that this the ones towards the end of the game not towards <laughs> the start of the game where, where you have this sort of super team which in lord of the rings online is the fellowship who, who uh, apparently be fellowship. fellowship well that's the point isn't it they're supposedly the the, the main team of, of, of people who get things done and they spend most of, do you remember that instance particularly halfway through lord of the rings online there's an instance where you're in rivendell and basically the entire instance consists of you following frodo around while he has this massive angst on yeah. about oh i'm not i can't deal with this it's too much oh. that was you gameplay you just wander around this sort of lap of about <laughs> half a mile of paths in rivendell listening to there's not a single fight in there you're yeah. and you don't even have well, to so, talk well, some to writer him. was so happy that they managed to add so much plot <laughs> oh wow we got to the we got to rivendell with the fellowship there, there it, is a saying was it show not tell well quite yeah. And yeah, so it has, it has sort of feels of that. Fortunately, there's enough gameplay in there that we quite enjoy that we managed to you know salvage a decent evening out of it all anyway. So there's this one called Twilight Arbor, which is one of, something to do with Kate and and some sort of I can't remember. There was just stuff happening, <laughs> blah blah blah. It's to do with this nightmare court. You see, each of the player races has their archetypal evil evil faction, okay, yeah, which sort of civil war faction thing. So it makes stuff so much easier. Well, yeah, because it gives you an excuse to wail on things of your own race, you know. Um, and so the, for humans it's separatists there's this flame legion for the charm for the for the for the silvari it's the nightmare court who are basically evil silvari although there's some spoiler stuff later on in heart of thorns which really throws that into you know question but anyway of course i just don't care why i'm trying to shield important plot elements from the viewer really in case no. they have the delusion that no one's no one's been through it or that wants to yet anyway um, yes, they. You end up fighting a whole bunch of these nightmare court people in this big twisty bramble maze thing, and towards the end of it, the evil leader of the boss, you know, the boss of this nightmare court, decides to torment our our, our, par- our paragon of virtue, Kaith, who's the you know archetypal Silvari superhero, by pulling up a load of illusions of all of her previous Destiny's Edge teammates who then go and attack her and we were so overjoyed because it basically meant we got to smash the crap out of Logan and then (laughs) Ritlock and then uh, I mean we didn't even wait for the monologuing or the objectives to update or anything we just saw an attackable Logan Thackeray appear in front of us and we wham I mean so much I don't think I've ever DPSed harder in any game ever in my entire life that was fantastic the whole lot of us just just boom gone straight in there and and by the time we massively plan a Logan Thackeray into the dust. Uh, Ritlock was on about ten percent health because he's, he's the sort of archetypal super char fella who's supposed to be you know uh, something to aspire to as well if you're a char player. Uh, and he he went down within about two seconds of that, and then we went after Zoja because Zoja's really annoying, voiced by Felicia Day, but but just such a really badly written and annoying character that yeah. none of us care. So so we burnt her into the dust as well, uh, and then we killed. Uh, I've got no real problem with Air, but um, you know the Norn person, but you know since Had you, to be done since you're killing all the rest of Destiny's yeah. Edge anyway, you want to let, make anyone feel left out? No, quite. And then it, unfortunately, it didn't let us turn on Kate because she was real and part of our little. Pussy. It's the usual thing. You got this superhero NPC following 
following along and doing literally nothing in any of the fights, you know, with yeah. wailing on it. And in a way, I suppose that's good, but then why are they there at all? Why don't you just wait at the entrance and meet us at the other end and do your da 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 at the other end, you know? We'll keep going back in until we get the bit of the monster you really want. <laughs> yeah, well, we were all quite, quite uh, up for, for killing Logan again, you know, that that would be great. Um, so that's, that's the story mode. I mean, there's an achievement in there for doing the story mode version of each of the eight dungeons, and it gives you a thing with sort of like an achievement point and one of those mastery points and things, and that's all good. But then each of the dungeons has got a repeatable mode, which has got the various dungeon currencies and special armor sets and so on. And each of those repeatable modes has three different wings in there as well, so you can go down three different paths okay. through this dungeon. So it provides a bit of variety, and of course there's achievements to be uh, ticking all of these different wings off as well. And we're finding that that content is actually pitched just about right for what we want and it's not even gear creep because we haven't got loads of super duper gear that's come from the expansion you know i mean i think we some of us have got an ascended weapon that you get for doing an achievement through the main heart of thorns thing and that's a couple of percent better than the stuff we'd be fighting in there otherwise so we're finding that actually between the fractals the the which is just essentially a kind of very cities of hero city of heroes-esque sort of alternate reality set of instances you can work through a big old list numbered list of them between those and the explore mode and story mode dungeons from guild wars one base game that's pretty much spot on that's mm. what we're after that's what we like we tried some group instance stuff in the heart of thorns and to be honest even just trying the story as a team is hard work there's some really super super bullshit boss fat battles going yeah. on throughout heart of thorns including the end one which i did a second time managed it on my second character just to get it cleared and get it through went much easier and i suppose there is some element of, of wisdom in in you know learning to play i mean obviously yes if you've learned the encounter you know what's going to happen I don't know. I don't know if it's me and I've developed this weird thing where perhaps I'm just so not challenged by gaming these days that I'm expecting to get it right and ace it first time and then I get all cross and angry when I don't, when it proves to be, oh, hang on, this is suddenly a bit more difficult than everything else I've played everywhere else. Perhaps I'm just not playing difficult enough games and I've become soft. But either way, it's, it bucks the expectations in a very unpleasant manner and, and yeah. creates a very negative, you know, sour taste in my mouth, really. So we're sort of, yeah, we'll chip away at Heart of Thorns here and there. We're, we're getting involved in some insane guild hall grinding as well. Oh, because, cool. that sounds good. Yes, yes. I can't let a progress bar go. No. There's one thing that I don't even, can't even remember what it is now. Market, maybe? A market upgrade for our guild hall? We've got this enormous guild hall full of nothing at all. And to put anything useful in there, we have to contribute various harvestable resources and so on, monies and such like. And so we're unlocking, you know, good... Uh, facilities and services that you can find in every single outpost elsewhere else in the game for nothing so i, I still do question the, the the use of a guild hall at all <laughs> i mean we're not really the sort of guild that likes to stand it's around and progress bar. we're not really well yeah i mean some some very large guilds might use it as a social hub a place to hang out outside the bank but then i've never really been a hang out outside the bank in my shiny armor type player anyway none of hardly any of the people in our team are either so wondering what the point of a guild hall has ever been in any guild i've ever been in. yeah i don't know it's 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 a thing isn't it you want a private space where just you know it's a clubhouse and i just wonder what the point of those <laughs> those generally are in in a in a thing especially if you've got an independent third-party chat client like mumble or whatever you, that's your clubhouse and you don't necessarily need a physical space in which to virtually exist it, it's not like you're actually going to a pub yeah. or something so i don't know i mean obviously keen role players and stuff will, will, will appreciate guild halls and you've got the limited furnishing ability to build stuff in there and and all that kind of thing but um, yeah i just i just see progress bars and can't resist 
throwing vast amounts. This is the star base from Star Trek Online all over again, yeah, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> I've wasted so much time and effort trying to. I think there's like three of us in that that Star Trek Online fleet thing. Uh, out of about. I don't know how many are in the fleet nominally, but there's like three of us who occasionally log on sometimes and, and chip towards it a bit, and we got nowhere with that thing, despite a vast amount of grinding. It's the typically badly pitched guild activity. It's all designed around guild. How how many players should be in a guild? What are guilds designed well, if for? if you're going to be designing that, you've got to max it out the number who can be in it to yep. make the progress bar work, otherwise everyone's going to do it in a day. Well, yeah, but if you do that, yeah, exactly. Who, who do you pitch that for? Do you, I, mean, I mean, typically a lot, mostly to start a guild, you need a full group. Uh, you yeah, know, you, need, you need five or six players to all put an X on a piece of paper or something in a game, and that's, that's enough to start the actual guild going. Some games let you create a guild of just one, you know, mm-hmm. just yourself. So six players working towards these objectives takes forever really and and it does become work you're starting to require that your guild members log on for three or four hours a week you know a week and do this boring grind activity because reasons you know because camaraderie um but then on the other hand you've got your your sort of your goons your reddits your whatever these large online message board communities who will all decide to go and join a game and create a guild in there and and they will demolish this content in in one one afternoon you know however much stuff you put there i mean they have a kind of they have a time gated mechanic on the upgrades in the guild wall guild halls in guild wars 2 this stuff called ethereum which comes from an ethereum mine which is part of your guild and and that guild that mine only ticks up at a fixed set rate so and it will fill up with say a thousand units of ethereum or whatever over perhaps a week or whatever or a couple of days so that's a time gated thing no matter how hard and how many players contribute into it you still have to wait for that thing to tick up till you get enough resources so what as well. Have everyone do well it? i don't know it's it's all a bit of a mishmash really it's it's that oh god all the other games have got guild halls we probably ought yeah. to have something you know and everyone complains on the forum oh i want guild halls why why do you want guild halls explain <laughs> uh, using no less than two thousand words continue on additional pages if necessary why you require a guild hall what does it do what does it mean for you i don't know i've never really understood but we've got one and i'm trying to mostly well yeah it's it'd be unfair to say i'm soloing it there are a couple of us all chipping away and devoting resources to it mostly i think mostly out of a sense of shame and pity for for my sake really they're trying to alleviate me from having a nervous most of this is shame and pity yes yes common thread throughout my gaming but we're still playing guild wars 2 anyway i quite like it actually in the single you know solo moments as well there is is a game full of lots of little side activities lots of little pottering amounts lots of like achievement lists you can work or exploration you can do or not just zones you can go and potter about in the basic combat gameplay is a bit I don't know. It's it's action MMO gameplay combat, yeah. but I since I got my Dragon Hunter with the the bow uh, and I, I did some research and found a decent bow build for for them. It's gotten a lot more fun. It's it's, it's tactical. It's interesting. I, I'm quite good with the rotation there. It's sufficiently punchy to get the job done. I'm finding that I'm liking my basic class, which yeah. you know does help a lot. So yeah, I find myself dipping in there for quite a bit of uh, you know just the occasional twenty minutes here and there. Do do a thing, find find a, a hidden somewhere, or or tick off a list of stuff, whatever. Do a bit of crafting. I'm still working towards my legendary weapon. That's never going to happen. No, no. <laughs> it's time I need to admit to myself that I, again. It's another massive progress bar, and I will chip a bit towards it here and there, and, and perhaps I'll end up with sunrise or you know the the big glowy sword that you can see you know the, you can see a sky box through the blade. Um, maybe I'll get one of those before they close the game, but maybe not. Who knows? It's, uh, Do you really need one? I don't need one. No. no. <laughs> 
it's, it's progress bars for its own sake. It's, it's the idea of a long-term goal that may or may not actually be achievable, but with, with which you can make small amounts of regular progress. That's, that's the sort of you know, yeah. dopamine hit that, that works for me, I suppose. And works for a lot of people. That's a large part of what MMOs are about. You need good, long goals that you can not necessarily expect to fully accomplish. Yeah. But you can be seen to be making progress and headway towards. So I don't. Know. I'm so yeah. I'm still enjoying Guild Wars too, but I don't know why. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, I would question you actually enjoying it as well. But I, I don't know. I, You're I was, still playing. I'm not. I'm not sobbing while I'm actually sat there trying to play it. So, okay. so that's that's you know, it's good. Bonus. Over to you. I'm going to talk about Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. Which is a PlayStation Four exclusive by Ubisoft. Okie dokie. Uh, which you are this young lady who is growing up in this tribe. Well, not in this tribe because she's uh, an outcast from the tribe. Mm. I'm not allowed to talk to her in the tribe. And she um, is in this world post-technology where there are these basically robo-dinosaurs everywhere. Okay. And you end up... Robot dinosaurs. Robot dinosaurs. Mm. Are they ninja pirates? No, it is oh, robot dinosaurs. Okay. Um, so it's basically in the far future when society has collapsed down and apparently the only civilization to survive appears to be uh, Native American culture, hmm. uh, um, which has then been hideously appropriated by everyone else who lives. So there's hardly any people <laughs> of Native American stock. It's quite a culturally... It's it had some complaints, and it's had people trying to defend it, saying, "But they say tribe. Tri- there are loads of tribes everywhere, which I agree with. But then they say brave. Ah. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's definitely a little bit cliched. And See, I was thinking far that Far Cry prehistoric caveman thing. But, but you should mention Far Cry Primal. Then, we'll get back to that. But now I'm thinking un- um, enslaved Odyssey to the West for some reason. It's lo- it's much like that. Yeah, but it's much more like Far. If you took Far Cry mm. uh, Primal. Uh, put a bit of um, sci-fi-ness in there and robo-dinosaurs. Yeah. You'd have the same game. So you're basically talking Far Cry Arc Edition, really. It, <laughs> it, it's an open-world uh, game. Well, of course it is. It's Ubisoft. Yeah. So uh, what features do you reckon it has? Does it, does it have hay carts underneath large Not things you I've climb seen. up? Do you climb up large things to open bits of the map? Uh, yes. Yay. I thought you didn't for a while, but then I found one. You actually <laughs> have to... Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Because I... So this is really strange, because I I always thought that Assassin's Creed didn't really do it back in the day. It was quite a marginal game. It wasn't a huge no, the blockbuster. The first one was. The, the first, first one has been really interpreted since then to be this massive cultural. Yeah, big. yeah, but they got it right. They sort of tweaked and they hadn't. They got given a chance to have another go with Assassin's Creed Two, and then that format has basically been every Ubisoft game ever yeah. since. Uh, well, Far Cry as well. The, the Far Cries may have predated. Assassin's oh, possibly. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. No, it, sort of it, it, it is that Far Cry. This game, That's if, if I were to tell you this was a Far Cry game set in the future, yeah. you would believe it. It okay. really is by the numbers Ubisoft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is not necessarily a great thing. Well, it's not necessarily a bad thing either. I mean, I do like the general format, but it does start to get a bit tired. That's yeah. the thing. Here we go. Map I'm, sectors, work your way around the big world map, finding towers yeah. and doing side activities. I'm, I'm playing it, and the game is fantastic. Mm. The world is fantastic. Uh, it is a gorgeous-looking game, absolutely stunningly gorgeous. Um, you're doing relatively interesting combat, with weak points on enemies and shooting them. Weak points on enemies. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but it's okay. These weak points tend to glow. All oh, right. <laughs> you don't want to miss them. 
uh, and there's I, I really want to know about the story because I this world is interesting enough for me to think yeah I want to know how did this that, happen yeah. where are these uh, apparently the, the monsters are getting worse over time so and so where are they being made who's some, making them some sort of controlling intelligence yeah. and there's various other more spoilery things which I mentioned that I want to know about sounds interesting uh, yeah. it's very very interesting uh it has the odd issue, like it makes my PlayStation so loud I have to turn the volume on my uh, TV up. That's odd. Yeah, I've got a launch PlayStation, you see. Yeah. And so it's got no cooling on it. Oh, it's, you mean the, the internals? The, so the internal oh, fan wow. kicks off so loudly. You mean the volume of the game? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Also, even when it's going, the uh, audio mix is weird. Uh, the lead character's audio is strangely low, I find. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but no, it's it's a really great little game, and I really like it. There's just so much interesting stuff, and I really want to get into finding what happened to civilization. But while I'm doing that, it's full of oh, come over here! I need you to go fetch this thing that I left over there. And <laughs> how would you like to go? There's a bandit camp over there. We we could go take it down if you want. Yeah, and yeah. It's just so, so far cry. You got this sort of eight or so archetypal different sorts of event that repeat themselves across the map. Seems and, to, yeah. Uh-huh. And you're sort of working on some some percentage or some faction bar or something. Uh, I don't doing know. There's a events. faction bar that I've seen. Are you taking over yet. areas of the map? Uh, not I've seen yet. Okay. I've only really <laughs> just got out the tutorial effectively, and I'm wandering around the first area. Yeah. Because I keep getting distracted by all these side quests. I'm meant to be doing something important, and there's everyone just but it's not could so you go Im- find my brother he hasn't been seen for 10 years that kind of thing it's not so important that you can't go off and have a bit of fun on the side activity yeah. as, and yeah. take as long as you like doing it yeah, and, and the combat thing. is <clears throat> genuinely there's a, a pleasure to it in places of learning the best way to take things down. Uh, so it's sort of first-person shooter type thing third-person third-person okay yeah. it's, a, it's, it, well, it's Ubisoft open world game oh right yeah, yeah. in so is it combo, counter, block type fighting, or is it more uh, gunplay stuff? It's a lot more range uh, mm. with a bow okay, and uh, dodging out of the way. Mm. Um, you have me- melee attacks, but... Uh, Does the edge of the screen go red? <laughs> yes. No health bars? No, there's a health bar. Health bar? There's a health bar. Hey. There's definitely a health bar, and the health bar is not... I, I quite like the health system. It's it's got the usual uh, Ubisoft Open World Far Cry. Um, you're collecting herbs to better heal yourself. To yeah, yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. And then you're finding bits to craft upgrades to your gear. <laughs> very specific types of animal skin for very specific types of pouch. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It's by the. It's almost as if they they get to the point where we're starting a new game. What should we do? They open up Visual Studio. <laughs> Open up the, the wizard at the start and say, open world game, and open you just have to supply the graphics and plot and everything. Open world pseudo sandbox, tick. Yeah, yeah, and there it is. It fills most of it in, does the engine, yeah, yeah. Mm. But yeah. no, I, I really do enjoy it. it yeah, well, I, I wish it was on a PlayStation exclusive, because then I can have it on PC, and it wouldn't be making my PlayStation make horrible noises. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So no PC exclusiveness. Sounds interesting. I'd have, I'd have liked to have learned a look, but I got no PlayStation, so yeah. that's me out of luck. Well, the way, rate my PlayStation's going, uh, you probably won't get to inherit that one. Because, <laughs> um, I don't think it's one for the world for very long. Oh wow! It's because they released the PlayStation Pro, and I think it knows <laughs> planned obsolescence. Yeah, it's just they, 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 uh, one of the updates just kills it. Yeah, yeah, it just. Well, allegedly, what's wrong with the uh, original PlayStation 4s is there's not enough. Uh, thermal paste underneath the uh, heat sink. Oh, you can fix that. I could actually. They do just dollops of the stuff in, they're like yeah. staples or whatever. Yeah, no, I could I could actually probably fix that. 
Or I could just open up and clear out all the fans as well, which is pretty fantastic. Uh, give it a hoover, yeah. That'd yeah. probably help. I broke with the airbrush rather than a hoover. Because well. you shouldn't hoover these things, because no. hoovering is bad, because uh. static electricity is bad for... Oh, yeah. uh, survival of the fittest. That's what I like to see in circuit boards. That's where we've got that, isn't it? Well, that? quite, yeah. yes. Yeah, make no consoles yeah. for me. So, it, it's strangely compelling, despite being horribly generic. And almost offensively generic, well, I would say. Well, there's actually a reason they keep churning out this same open sandbox-type game over and over, is that people enjoy the, yeah. the journey through it, I people suppose. Like they, they do seem popular, so, yeah, why not? Yeah. But so, and the setting and the backstory sound interesting enough to be yeah. really different. Oh, it is definitely being carried by the setting and the backstory. Mm, robot dinosaurs. So far. I'm, whether or not the plot completely annoys me when they uh, make the... Inevitable stupid uh, move in the plot. The big, the big reveal. Yeah. yeah, it turns out to be nothing nearly as interesting as you thought. If there's a single apple of Edom, I'm. I'm <laughs> Adam, not Eden. Oh, Eden. Assassin's Adam. Creed continuity crossover. I yeah. can't remember. Piece of Eden. Of, piece of Eden, yes. One of which is the apple, yes. Yeah. There's others. I can't remember what the others were. Apparently, they're going to reboot the uh, um, Assassin's Creed films. Uh, have you seen the film? I started watching it, but uh, yeah, for reasons I had to stop. But, <laughs> Michael uh, Fassbender. Yeah, but mm. apparently they're going to reboot those. Reboot the films? Yeah. There was only one. Yeah. How does that need rebooting already? It did badly. <laughs> How did you get Assassin's Creed wrong? <laughs> I mean, you could basically just string all the cutscenes together from Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood it was and Revelations. Spain, not uh, right, okay. So, That's probably it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well okay. Yeah, yeah anyway, it's worth, if you've got a PS4, definitely you should be playing it, probably. Cool. Right. If you don't, then you're out of luck. <laughs> Because people pay for exclusives. I hate that. Yeah, there's quite a lot of these these sort of platform exclusives I'd like to have had a go at, but can't. And yeah. I'm not going to bow to terrorism and buy, go out and buy an expensive console that and I'm only going to play three and games And I would or. say, would the game get built normal, uh, get made normally by Ubisoft? Well... Yeah, yeah. They, they are one of the biggest games publishers on the planet, so... Do what they like, really. It doesn't yeah. matter what we say on here. Yeah. They don't listen anymore. Not yeah. after that time. <laughs> It should be fair that that said something time, derogatory about Assassin's Creed Three. And there, was it. It, there was a time we said they should set Assassin's Creed in London, and look how that went. <laughs> I've not played that one yet. I, I'm still sort of halfway through four, but bogged down a bit. I, I start. I'm still halfway through five, but got bogged down a bit. And but I'm one of these people that thinks the, the whole ship battle thing's okay. So so you know, a bit meh. You're weird. I know, I know. I've back. never said I wasn't. You wait till you get to Paris. That'll really annoy you. Paris. Oh, God, the there was a one. Paris one, wasn't yeah. there? I got stuck in that one. Yeah. I, I'm Apparently no the London further one's than reasonably good. Is there any more of those, or have they no, decided to stop? There may be one this year they haven't announced yet. <laughs> of course there hasn't been be one. one no, there hasn't been one for a couple of years. Oh, well. They, they basically stopped making them to retool it or something. The rumour is it's a uh, the Egyptian one. Oh. But every year the rumour is it's the Egyptian yeah, one. Yeah, the Egyptian right one. Because there was this little bit at the end of Revelations where there's like the, the tomb you go into to get your special armour once you found each they've of the six the, widgets. And there was, the, there was statues of each of yeah. like a load of historical They've done the assassins. Chinese one. They've done the Indian one, I think. Um, mm. What was the other one? In the There was an Chronicles Egyptian game. one, I think. But yeah, I don't think the Egyptian one was in the Chronicles games. I have no games. idea. I've not played the Chronicles games either. I probably should. <laughs> Anyway, I've not played so many games. Now. I know, I know, it's great. So many, yeah. so many untapped potentials out there, possibilities. And if I don't collapse that waveform, they're all good. I know they're all great until you actually play them. Yeah, that's the that's the takeaway I think from this episode. Yeah, do not play games. Don't play games. Yeah, in a sort of don't meet your heroes kind of yeah. way. Anyway, 
And speaking of playing games, I'm still playing Divinity Original Sin. This is my, my solo side project game thing. I'm really enjoying that. It's taking a very long time to play because it is quite time intensive. It's a very long game, mostly because the fights are actually... Well, they're turn-based in the sort of Fallout, original Fallout sense. You get the pips along the bottom with your action points and each of your little characters can do a number of different actions yeah. and stuff. But it's hugely environmentally based, the, the combat. In terms of like dumping patches of ice makes people fall over or you you fire poison arrows which do big clouds of poison gas and then if you dump fire into the poison gas it explodes you know the whole sort of elemental interaction yeah. combat yeah. with AOE going on in this thing is really interesting and quite fascinating I suppose I've heard that Magicka was a lot like that but I never yeah. I never yeah. played that you should give Magicka right? yeah yeah but it is very much a question of very clear I mean the fights are pretty hard it ramps up quite early on quite difficult if you just go out and start hacking at them with swords or shooting them with wands and hitting them with staffs you get overwhelmed and overrun quite quickly and a lot of the fights are because the fight there's so few fights it's not just like huge clusters of random mobs all across the map that you have to sort of slog your way through each fight is is its own distinct thing which means that you tend to get a lot of very scripted stuff built into each fight each fight can be quite unique and interesting for example there's a fight with some some cultists in a cave and i think okay i fought a load of these they're all quite magic intensive they summon a lot and about three turns in one of the one of the leaders of this cult turns around and and does a thing and two of the two of the massive mountainous pieces of terrain scenery behind actually just explode and turn into giants sort of stompy well, monsters and start joining in and things like that you it's, it's surprising the the sort of scriptedness and and in intricacy and uniqueness of each individual fight in that game which obviously makes means that you take quite a long time working your way through yeah. it all and it's not bad i mean I'm, i've gotten the hang of it it had a quite a difficulty curve at the beginning you start in a sort of fishing town of sicile and and there's got they've got undead plaguing the place and about a, a million other wrongs going on in the nearby surrounding and you're supposed to work your way through and deal with each of them as well you're you're members of the order of source hunters which are a kind of a bit like um dragon age origins templars type okay. you know you're, yeah. you're, you're you know, the chantry you're sort of there to try and track down rogue magic users and bring them to justice and stuff and so off you go to this village and big load of big long load of plot happens and but these surrounds because the fights are quite time consuming and you get quite a lot of power xp from fighting them you actually rank up quite quickly on a per fight basis which means in order to create any kind of useful continuity and progression the fights have to be attacked in, in you know tackled in a relatively prescribed order you have to go out, you go west out of the village and fight those then yeah. go north yeah. then go east because if you go the wrong way out of the village you're just going to get absolutely hosed because the progression means that you're not really supposed to be there yet so that, that that throws that throws you initially, but you soon get on the power curve if you do it in the right order. And the game does hint extensively about where you should go and what what you should do in what order, really. So once you've done all that and build yourself up, your your class, your your characters start to gain enough power and options that you can start to comfortably enjoy these these sort of highly tactical, highly highly clever fights. You know, the, the the you know the way to do well in them is to be combining different kinds of AOE effects on top of each other, understanding the enemies and which which sorts of attacks i mean if you've got a marksman character who can fire elemental arrows and there's there's about there's about 15 or 16 different types there's some that reduce armor there's some that poison the foe some that dump patches of ice on the ground um and there's water spells as well there's one spell that 
that causes a massive rainstorm on the area and you think okay that's that that gives you the wet debuff there's a wet and warm debuffs and and those both then interact with so two stacks of warm will then cause the character to catch on fire uh, whereas a wet a wet debuff will negate an incoming warm debuff is this so overly complicated it's very complicated yes but, but I it's overly it. complicated i don't know i suppose yeah but it definitely rewards paying attention to what's going on and working out how these different things interact and i'm sort of still learning that as i go that's the bit during any game I enjoy the most when I'm still learning how it all works. Yeah. Once I feel like I understand it all, just it just becomes routine then. And it still really hasn't reached that point for me with Divinity Original <laughs> Sin. It is there's a lot of puzzle stuff in there, traps, you know, the usual kind of stuff. It's 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 very sort of it's, it is in the grand tradition of Baldur's Gate that style of thing. You know, it's obviously 3D, yeah. not sprites, yeah. but um, it's that kind of circles under your feet and moving the party through different environments, dungeons and monsters and so on. But it is pretty cerebral as well. I wouldn't say it goes quite as far as Planescape Torment in that you know, the whole thing's basically an interactive novel and the fighting's an afterthought. But, you know, the combat is interesting and, and a thing in itself. Some fascinating gameplay there. But it is quite extensively plot-driven. There's a lot of dialogue, a lot of interesting characters you meet along the way and a big grand conspiracy that you're trying to unravel as you go through. And and obviously revelations about your own unknown past. Oh, of course. Of course. But I like that. It's, it's, it's fascinating to see how that particular plot is going to be <laughs> resolved in this particular fashion so you're starting to learn that you have this past and your reincarnations of someone else and so on and you know so you've got this sort of dual strand of, of what's actually happening now and also learning what happened in the past going on at the same time as well which you know keeps the sort of the literary aspect of it all going quite well i quite enjoy that so yeah i think i've made it to the third map or something now wow. <laughs> i've been going for months i don't know i've no idea i mean it's, it's not really that sort of you know a staged series of levels as such it's just you're following where the story goes i don't literally no idea how big the world is there's no world map you just have the, the sort of zones you're in and then there's talk of another zone further along so you go into there and suddenly oh my god a whole load of more stuff i've no idea how much further i've got to go with this game and it is taking quite a while to do but it is a sort of satisfying thing of course it's the main big problem with single-player games that I tend to lose track of being such an MMOist is uh, remembering to save often. Yeah, There are fights in there where you can misclick because you've got a bit of a bit of a sort of UI problem in the certain characters. So you, you'll click a thing to select what to do, and then click on the target to apply the attack to whatever. So fire an arrow at so and so. Trouble is, these these things you're clicking on are quite are animated when they're stood there, and there's a couple of these sort of fire elemental things that bob up and down. And if you can actually misclick, the hitbox is literally their shape. Ah. So when they bob up and you click underneath yeah. them, you'll misclick through onto the background. So what that then does is make the character walk over to them. Oh. spends all their action points instead of firing at them. Ew. I know, and I've done that a couple of times. And, and also just general stupidity as well, which I'm you know quite good at. Things like uh, explosive barrels or big yeah. barrels of water yeah. or something. If you ha- catch one of them on the edge of an AOE fire attack or something, it will, it, a lot of them are set up in such a way that they'll cause massive chain reaction detonations <laughs> and just destroy the entire party in two clicks like whoa okay it can suddenly go from i've quite got this under control this is going well oh my god what so barrels of fun the doom level yes yes pretty much you know suddenly it can all suddenly turn on you if you if you get it wrong or not concentrating or don't quite understand how the elements interact puddles of water if you hit that with electric attacks the entire water section all mm. the way across the level will fill with with electric electricity that stun- does electricity really work that way it does is it infinite yes it does it does all that it, st- it will stun any characters that are stood in it which means 
means they end up missing their turn, which means that a powerful adversary can then just wade over and wallop you. So, you know, even though you're starting to understand how it all works and, you know, how the the different elemental effects interact and so on, it can still suddenly go in unexpected directions, Mm. which means, yeah, save often. You know, have that, have that, just keep hammering F5 whenever it looks like things are going well. Uh, I mean, I'm not quite at the point of save scumming as such. You know, I'm not saving between turns of a fight and waiting for, you know, reloading for different dice rolls. But, but, um, no, it's, it's more that, oh God, I don't have to do those last three fights again you know if it, and if that happens i will just stop playing and go away and do something else <laughs> at that point there's nothing i hate more than repeating the last hour and a half's gameplay yeah again you know yeah. literally the same stuff again you know because it went well and then i forgot to save and i that we and died you know and now i have to do all the leading again so and and the more mmos i play the, the more out of touch i get with remembering to save yeah. because you don't save in an mmo generally and, and a lot of these pseudo well, even, mmos you know, as well any, any modern console game you don't yeah save. a lot of console games it's all checkpoints so you don't actually you're not in charge of saving your own progress and this you know divinity original sin is a very much a pc game i don't know if it came out on the consoles at all i think it might be a 360 version perhaps or something like that uh, you know, there might, possibly might a xbox. lot of these things do come out now but, but, especially on xbox because of the but um yeah, so I've got the enhanced edition. I, as usual, I have no idea what that means. Oh, it'll be all extra, the useless extra side quests. You've yeah. probably got the soundtrack and some rubbish <laughs> quests, which don't really matter. Some side quests that have no bearing on anything. Yeah, a few extra items that I don't quite know what makes sense of. No. Yeah, that's the problem. You come to this. I always come to this stuff late. And I always end up going. Well, I might, since I'm here, I might as well get the game of the year edition because it's got all the extra stuff in. And the extra stuff are usually just, you know, is often quite badly thought out in terms yeah. of how does this interrelate yeah. with a first-time gamer's approach. Um, that's such a fatuous first-world problem. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Div- Divinity: Original Sin. I'm still plodding through that because I'm I'm quite in the mood for the old school Baldur's Gate stuff I've got Pillars of Eternity I've not looked at yet oh, that's, that's on my list I need to get to that obviously I can't do that until I finish this one okay. no. um, and then Numenera Tides of Torment or whatever is yeah. now out yes um, you need to play that yeah I've been, I've been just as an aside I went off and bought the Numenera role playing game rulebook just, okay. just to read through interesting stuff um, I'd probably talk about that another time but it's interesting from two perspectives one is the setting which essentially is so far into the future that everything is, it, it all the stuff is magic basically oh but, that's my favorite type of thing. yeah and it makes a lot more sense than the retooling of a medieval thing yeah. that tolkien does a lot you know i mean the that kind of idea that it's all actually anciently forgotten technology you know nanotechnology becomes evil uh, spirits that kind basically of thing. what the, the some of the um, sources for dnd you mean yes yeah i mean and, and that kind of that kind of take on it all often makes a lot more sense than than it being actual historic yeah. historical with magic you know so the setting's fascinating it's what reminds me of gene wolf and uh jack vance that kind of thing the sort of really really far future who knows what's going yeah. on anymore sort of thing and also the rule system's interesting a cipher system um sort of comparing that to pathfinder itself which pathfinder is very much just a, a rework of 3.5 D and that's really what it was is. supposed to be yeah. it's what it was what people wanted and, it, and it's what people have got you know it's it's interesting um whereas this cipher system uh it's, it seems a lot more simplified a lot more streamlined there's a lot of things i'm reading through going oh right you know such things like like there's only three ranges short medium and distant 
You don't have to measure anything with it in terms of actual feet because functionally, what does that matter? Could you step forward half an inch so Why I not? get a plus one to hit you? Exactly. Why not just hand wave that the characters are going to sort out their own actual proximity? You don't need to measure it on a grid or anything. You know, I'm just going to get to a point. So I want to move to where I can hit with a sword and hit with a sword, and then and then there's no such thing as Thacko. You know, there's everything. There hasn't been a thing as everything Thacko is for years, everything's a skill check instead Thacko. of you know I hit dice and dice rolls and all this sort of thing. Weapons do straight damage. You don't roll dice for weapon damage. Okay. That kind of thing. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult to sort of, you know, itemise the, the, the differences. You can't but swing at someone with a sword and only slightly graze them. Yeah, you don't do 1d6 points of damage. You will always do four points of damage with a medium-type weapon. You know, that kind of thing. Just lots and lots of things that, speaking as a Pathfinder GM in the past, I really approve of in terms of streamlining, in terms of keeping the action moving. It's about the players, it's about their choices, it's about the narrative and the, the adventure. Yes, it's about challenges and, and overcoming difficulty and so on, but it shouldn't be about tedious bookkeeping and, and no. really you know spreadsheet work i've always maintained that when was D red box when did that come out that was uh, late 70s. 70s yeah it was always a computer game before computers were around that could do a computer game you know if gygax well, had if gygax was alive today he'd have written he'd have written Baldur's gate or something but you, you remember know? that D came out of the war great war games route yeah which yeah. you know war games turned into the rts but so yeah, but somewhere along the way, the pen and paper gaming sort of became this morass of, of looking up tables and, yeah. and you yeah. know dice rolls and stuff, and it became this big sort of weird numerical accounting exercise, which, if done badly, can really stall and rob the fun out of any kind of yeah. swashbuckling, daring do adventure. You're There's nothing to, like to an encounter that takes an entire evening because yeah, you're weighed down with far too much paperwork. Yeah, particularly. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm to blame obviously because I was the GM, but we had some in the campaign I was running. We had some, particularly the boss fight type monsters where the fight is where the, the creature has so many options available to them of things they can do to the players in this fight you know it's, it's the big inevitable confrontation the big denouement and there's this you know you're looking at the stat block for the creature and it's it's like it goes over onto the other page <laughs> and there's just hundreds of spells it has as its disposal and you think oh, i can't be bothered to look up how that works i think i'll just have him hit them with a stick <laughs> 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 which is perhaps doing a disservice to my players a bit but well, yeah, it's, a, it's a bit of bad writing because that is not a focused character and, well i mean yeah one of these things was some cyclops lich and, and it just had pages and pages i mean there, were, there was about 15 or 16 spells there that i had no idea what did yeah. and i thought yeah okay i could like you know spend a Why does it have spend that? a month rehearsing this encounter going through w- w- workshopping a few different attack you have scenarios. To ask, does it have this many options because the rules say it should have this many options or does it have this many options because that's what the fight would best be used with. It's because the rules say it's a, it's a wizard of power X, it has this, 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 yeah. this and this, and you think, okay. So I managed to use a few of them to create a, 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 a diverting and entertaining encounter, I think, but, uh, and it was sufficiently challenging. You know, a couple of them are nearly dead, but... but well, just, apart from the nearly dead bit. <laughs> yeah, you'd make a terrible GM, you really would. There were no fear. Well, they wouldn't come back, no, that's for sure. Bonus. <clears throat> Um, yeah, but I'm just really impressed with uh, some of the sort of refinements and streamlines that this Numenera rule system. It's called the Cipher rule system. I think it's shared with Numenera, and I think Monty Cook Games also do one called The Strange, which is a bit more of an X Files type contemporary okay. sort of setting, but yeah. again has a similar kind of similar kind of rules underpinning it all. I, I don't know if I'm going to get to a point where I'll be able to run these rules and actually try a game with it, but I'm, I'm very approving of what I'm seeing there. Anyway, I'm digressing wildly. So yeah. I'm, I'm very much in a, a sort of a Baldur's Gate style game thing I um, I reinstalled 
Arcanum Obscura of Magic Steamworks Obscura or something. It's got that stupid subtitle. The Steampunk one by Troika Games. Oh, yes, that one. That yes, one Arcanum. Um, it's very good. It's another turn-based, sort of tile-based uh, adventure-type thing. Much more of a magic versus technology yeah. steampunk thing. I, I, I tried to install that from some discs I had, and they were scratched, and it wouldn't work. And I was, I, I, I Did got, you use toothpaste? No, no. I just, I just raged a bit and didn't, and then went to Gog and spent about a pound and a half, and yeah. and, <laughs> and it installed straight fine. in. I was doing some research for a thing, so and I was cheap. going through play lots of old DOS games. Yeah, yeah. And the number of them, I was thinking, right, this is going to be a real pain to find. Oh, yeah. Gog. Oh, I'm never going to find this, am I? Oh, Gog. <laughs> I'm not quite to the stage where it's easier to buy it off of Gog again than actually find the disc. But there are but it, a lot of cases. Stuff I was playing back in, you know, a long, long time ago that I wanted to have another look at. Yeah. And it just the weight of stuff on Gog now is fantastic. And they're also cheap as well. Certainly the old, the old classics. And and yeah, very good. So yeah, very much in a sort of uh, pseudo RPG uh, uh, team based type mood, mood, yeah. mood at the moment. So, but I really feel I owe it to Divinity Original Sin to get all get all the way through it because it is a very good game, very well done, very good voice acting. I mean, you know, I've, 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 we've we've both come across some poor voice acting all oh, the yeah. time, but this this stuff is very very good. I mean, it's not even names I've heard of, which is nice for a change. You know, I think they gave Nolan North and Jennifer Hill the week off when they huh. made, when they made that. So, um, yeah, very good. I, I recommend that a lot. Over to you. I'm going to talk a bit about Elite Dangerous. Elite Dangerous. Uh, and more importantly, uh, what I did on our holiday. No, what I did on our game night of Elite Dangerous this week. Oh, this week, yeah. Which yeah. I played entirely in VR. Yeah, that was good. We were hearing you having all sorts of <laughs> revelatory uh, <laughs> David Bowman, it's full of stars moments. I did spend quite did a Did you hurl? No. Sounded like you were, you, were, you were on the verge of it at points. Yeah, uh, to start with, yeah. Yeah. Uh, some things docking. Yes. Uh, docking makes me get a little bit queasy. <laughs> I'm not do not use a docking computer because that'll make you very queasy. I saw you doing the docking computer earlier. I've never seen one because I don't bother with it, yeah. but I've never been in a ship with enough spare internal bays to be able to use well, one. Well, I've been using it on my Cobra, which I'm using on a faction grind ship. Mm. So I'm just running lots of missions in an area. Yeah, so you and just want to so, be in and out without yeah, any Yeah, in hassle. and out without any of the hassles. I put a docking computer on it because I didn't need, need the cargo bay. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't take any prisoners, does it? It no. really goes. It uses the afterburner. I would not you, let the docking computer use it like <laughs> just comes in so hard. It's like, oh my god! I could see if you were sat there helpless with the VR goggles on while it was doing that, yeah. you'd probably be, uh, yeah, wow. But I will say that in combat, yes, it was combat week this week. Wasn't yeah, it? in combat, VR. I reckon makes me far more effective than non-VR. It was hard to tell who was doing well and how much we were getting. I think everyone managed to snag some bounties yeah. and get some I, I, stuff done. I was well. We had. Uh, I think we had eight eagles in the end. Yeah, we, two, we had, two wings. We, we had issues with networking again, where uh, my group was having trouble getting any registered kills. Was that just because my group was was much superior? Even, even when we were in a different area. Oh, when you were in a different yeah. area, okay. We weren't just kill stealing all. Because we went to a better area while you lot stuck on with the uh, bad area. The bad area. Well, it was interesting. It was a massive capital battle. There were two massive capital ships firing each other. And well, just fine up in. until the moment you accidentally got between the two capitals. Yeah, yeah. Then you tended to not be a ship anymore. I think at least three out of the eight of us ended up. A Progressing the wrong side and getting hailed on by the uh, the friend, so-called friendly yeah. battle cruiser. Had to bug out pretty quick. I'm not sure I made it. I don't think I lost a ship this week, but it was a first, you know, since we started this I lost, project. I lost a ship. <laughs> but they're eagles, so who cares, you know, rebuy 50,000 credits. Oh, right. They told when I was in the Cobra. Yeah, but mm. um, I will say that in VR, you, just, you know, back in the day with the old flight sims, when they added the head tracking mode, yeah. which used the hat on the joystick to look around. Oh, uh, joystick. I must get one of those. <laughs> I'm doing uh, a mouse and keyboard. Doing that using VR 
is so much nicer. I mean, when I was in a turning battle looking up, because it was on I mean, one of the fighters with a massive glass top, oh, yeah, yeah. it made tracking it and pulling up and being able to keep it come round and shoot at it so much easier. Suddenly the layout of the actual canopy is relevant and yeah, useful. Yeah, really relevant. The, the eagle's very good for that. It's just glass most yeah. of the way around. Yeah, yeah. if you're one of, uh, the Cobra's not quite as good, but if you're in one of the uh, cargo ships, you've got very limited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think the, I think the Viper might be another good yeah. all-round visibility thing. Yeah, uh, also I spent quite a lot of time trying to look underneath the chair, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I was I was getting distracted. Science. Also, now I when I play it not in VR, mm. uh, you know how do you get up the left and right uh, things when um, you're playing it? Shift uh, Shift A and Shift D. See, that's really hard. When I'm playing on oh, the joystick, it. it's flick a thing to the left, flick a thing to the right. When I'm playing a VR, it's look down at it. That would be quicker, yeah. And interesting. I find myself that? doing that not in VR. What? Does it then give focus? Yeah. And, okay. And then I just do it normally on the joystick. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I've found myself trying to do that normally when I'm not in VR. Oh. So when I want to look just... down, I'll look down and, see, and, talk, and then think, oh, I've got to use that now. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happening. Uh, where is it? Oh, it's just my desk. <laughs> no, uh, VR is a fantastic experience. Like, I, I imagine. Um, it, yeah. it is really, you want a system seller for VR. None of the other stuff I've played has come close to the experience of a space sim in VR. Hmm. And and in terms of space sims, it's just elite dangerous, really. I mean, well, there's, you, there's a couple. Have um, you tried any others? Uh, no. Hmm. Okay. Star Citizen, I suppose. Oh, yeah, I must have stalled. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to bring that up. Week 27 of me saying I must get around yeah, to installing that okay. to see where the hell they are now. Yes, I'm sure they're doing really well. Yeah. Uh, they, on PSVR, there's um, an X-Wingy bit on Battlefield. Okay. I haven't played that, so I wouldn't know. And it's only one level. Does the whole, but that whole riff thing work as a backward compatibility thing for something like X-Wing or pri- the old no. privateer games or something? No, it has been designed in. Um, oh, okay, so it just won't work. Um, you can do. It has to be part of the game itself. Yeah, you yeah. have to have a free-looking camera inside, which can rotate around. Oh, because you know, if, if you think when you're playing Elite, you can look around and yes. you've got control. Of oh the yeah, head, yeah. So th- but you can't look behind you, and you more importantly can't sort of do that, which is to look around and behind, which is head positioning. Does it do position tracking? Yeah. Oh wow! How yeah, it's it not. Ju- uh, it's got a sensor. Oh, you have got. You've actually got an. You've got, you got an external sensor. So yeah, I I, I can do that. Uh, the the uh, big one is, uh, or the good example for it is Eurotruck Simulator. Mm. You can look out the window and look behind you. <laughs> And, and, that's a system seller right yeah. there um, or if you're playing any uh, racing game you can stick your head out your window and look back yeah because yeah. uh, otherwise you know just be, if, you, if you were rooted to the one spot yes uh, it would not be a pleasant experience it would, yeah because we're uncanny valley again yeah because yeah. that's the other problem I have with Elite actually which is a bizarre one which you wouldn't think is a problem I came out of it hurting because mm. okay you've got the game tracking and everything but I had to sit so rigidly in the position it wanted me in yeah. Otherwise, if I leant back, then the chair would be there, <laughs> and I couldn't see what I was doing. <laughs> chair yeah. back. And, and quite a lot. Do you remember, was it, ah, oh, what was that game, Magnificent, uh, that film, the Magnificent Seven in Space film, uh, with George Peppard and... Space Cowboys? Space Cowboys. Space Truckers? Don't know. Something like that. But at one point, there's George Peppard. Yeah. I think it was George Peppard. And he's in this ship, and he's being shot, and he's not panicking. And yeah. I always feel like that when I'm in a <laughs> 
He says referencing a film which I think I've seen in thirty it's years. It's quite obscure. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah, know, it, it's really, really good. I really recommend playing it in VR if you get the chance because mm. it is just. Yeah, we did conflict zones and they were variable difficulty. We had people occasionally come in a cropper with the uh, overall zone suddenly turning on them and aggro and stuff, and that's yeah. even you know when you didn't aggress your own side. And we had a few technical problems where some people just weren't getting credits for their yeah. mas- the massacre because you got these massacre missions essentially, which are basically missions that go alongside with conflict zones. Go to a conflict zone, kill x number of ships yeah, w- it's pretty straightforward but we were getting so many people weren't getting we ticks. think that one of our people on our wing had network problems we don't know who yeah but when we started rejigging people around all of a sudden stuff started magically working so that's the weird thing about elite dangerous multiplayer is that is, is functionally it's a peer-to-peer game it's not server host you know server client so yeah. i mean the server there is a server and it does all the matchmaking and stuff but fun- fundamentally i suppose what you'd need the wing leader to have a good upload speed i don't know if it's the wing leader um, or is it just doing some weird arcane thing behind yeah, the scenes? I don't, know. don't know. I, I, I've got no yeah. idea what it was, but after a while, suddenly, bump! I was getting all the kills I wanted. Yeah, we had we had one one chap drop out early because it was just so frustrating because he yeah. wasn't getting any credit for the stuff we were doing, and yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's it's that's, bad. Yeah, yeah that's bad. Um, anyway, so we're trying various different things, and I think it's going to be we're going to try rares trading next. Are you sure it's a good idea? Because um, people are going to need a rather large outlay, aren't they, to be able to buy in? Well, we can always we can always stuff some money around. Yeah. You can't directly give money to between players, but you can buy one unit of something really expensive, fly out somewhere, drop it, and they can pick it up, and then they I, can sell it. I so would you say can we still money. have loads of money by now, but I keep spending all my money on updates. <laughs> well, that's the damn thing. Well, we'll see how we go. It's going to be a big road trip episode anyway, yeah. so we'll uh, <laughs> we'll just see how far we go. We're going to visit Leave. Yeah, I would, so I, I've in, in some ways, the, it'd be worth the trip just to go yeah. and do the pilgrimage. I've not been to the classical systems. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to do it in open though, because apparently open lave is a bit of a, a bit yeah. of a, a nightmare for PvP. Also, we should be able to tick off quite a lot of the exploration stuff along the way. Yeah, because we need to up our exploration ranks for everyone, so that we can start using the good engineers. Yes, there's an engineer that requires you to have an exploration rank of scout or better, um, and then you can start pimping your frameshift drives yeah. and power plants. And, and that's it. Yeah, frameshift drive pimping is a godsend. Well, power plant as well. If you can yeah. eke another couple of watts out of it, you can stuff bigger guns on. So it all, it all helps. Yeah. Yeah. The engineers is very important. I mean, if you, if people have got horizons, that is, and if you've got them, you do need the... yeah. Maybe if not, not doing all upgrade. of these things will get you to a position for when you pick up Horizons <laughs> cheap in a Steam sale or something. Yeah, I guess and it all counts. Or all, all unlock. Like, you know, you have to get, was it 170 light years away from your start system or something? 300, I think. 300. One of them, yeah. But then uh, if you do the one where you go to get the meta alloys, I ranted about that another week. That actually counts because that's yeah. that far anyway. <laughs> so you end up with that as we come back. if you anyway. went and got the meta alloys and just sort of kept them. Hmm. Then you'd have them available for when, but yeah, yeah, yeah. they'd always be in your ship. It's not a well, yeah. There's no there's no hangar space to keep stuff. Yeah. It, it will always be. Well, if you ship. left them in a rubbish ship, and we'll then... do it. We'll do that. We'll make it once. I've taken the, uh, the 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 restrictions off what ship you can fly now. I've decided because yeah. you know people want to make the most of the money they're earning. You know, experience some of the bigger also, stuff. Also, it does help having some people with bigger guns. We are colossally gimping ourselves than. by being an eagle. So we did really well for being yeah, in eagles, did, yeah. but <laughs> but they are effectively you know the one up from the starter ship so perhaps it's too much to expect that we can just go out and start owning pythons and anacondas on mass so yeah people need to start upgrading do you think as we were talking about this in slack and i was trying to work out i don't believe that elite dangerous is a case of paper scissors stone no. different ships with different roles i think it very much is just a case of bigger ship is better yeah i mean yeah, yeah there's a slight is right you've got two different branches you can go down cargo based ships or fighty based ships but it seems to me that the bigger the ship the better and there's no real, when it comes no down real to it, reason it's to be either 
small ones. The number of hit points you got, either in your shield or your hull, yeah. or the number of uh, hit points you can cause big, through having guns. big guns. Yeah, yeah. And if you've got both of those, you're really good. If you sort of can tank for a while, Certainly. you're fine, but you're going to die unless you've got somebody doing the damage yeah, for you. I mean, smaller ships are more manoeuvrable, but then bigger don't ships help. can fit turrets, yeah. <laughs> which tend to make a mess of eagles and what have you. So, I don't know. I think I think if we need to, we definitely need to get bigger but, ships. I think yeah, that will help. Four with... eagles is better than one cobra. Yeah, but then four cobras is better, better than, than four, four eagles. eagles. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it does scale. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. scales up quite happily. I was sort of trying to keep it a bit limited so we don't have people desperately busting a gut trying to get anacondas and stuff. I think I think vipers and cobra marks threes as a sort of next step yeah that's a good yeah. place vipers are great for for combat ships i was in one for quite a while i need to get a viper oh, no, actually i've got a viper yeah that's I, should, of... I should fly my viper for a while just yeah. try it got but i just think one. getting bigger ships i think that's yeah. should be fine yeah. yeah so and there's always gonna be a place for smaller ships as well recon yeah support uh, fighters, yeah. whatever uh, uh, do not worry about coming on a smaller <laughs> ship because you will still be part of the combat. And in fact, good. you'll be better off in the combat than you would be without us because we'll still be taking hits for you and helping shoot stuff. Bear in mind, the biggest ship I've ever owned is a Diamondback Scout, so I'm not yeah. going to be <laughs> going up to anything massive anyway. Mm. Maybe don't bring a Corvette. Well, no, actually, bring the Corvette. That was fun. Yeah, please bring the Corvette. I like the Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm. so... Right, so there's a do the spiel. Oh, you can go along to howtomotortime.com where you can see our previous episodes. You can go to YouTube where you can like this video and subscribe to what we do. Go along and have a look at our um, uh, uh, latest Sky Factory uh, oh, series. Oh, that, that nonsense still going on. Yeah. I fell off. You fell off? I fell off. Yeah. I thought it was going to be him, but no, it was me. Then you let the creepers out. Oh, the creepers, yes. You let the creepers out. I forgot to put torches down everywhere because I... Got a bit complacent. And then, and then somebody <laughs> logged on to the server to see how it was going. And then something... Yeah, well, anyway, we'll cover that in the mm, episode. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Sound, sounded terrible. <laughs> Glad I wasn't there. It was a bit horrific for an evening. I'll give you that, yeah. It's okay. After the creepers blew the holes in the bottom of the base, uh, it dealt with a lot of the creeper problems. It problem, sounds like a lot you of the coped other. masterfully. Yeah. I've, I've got every confidence yeah. in your ability to... When enough stuff falls out the bottom <laughs> of the base, it's fine. Yeah. Well, no it's the sky thing, anyway. Uh, yeah, and uh, join us next week when we'll be talking about maybe a book. It's a book one next, Yeah, it is. Yeah, we'll be talking about Hyperion. Excellent. Dan Simmons. Do you know that's a four-part... Uh, four books in that series? Uh, we only need to do the one that won the Hugo. He didn't win a Hugo for the others. No. And we can probably talk about why. We'll talk about why, yeah. So join us next time for that. See you later. Goodbye. <laughs>